that is, is still a special day. I want to look in Genesis chapter 1. Say, well, that's an odd place to start for Father's Day. Maybe. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll sufficiently offend some today. Um, I'll try not to, but, you know, that happens. Because sometimes when you're in the, in the world where we're living today, and you know I try very hard to bring the, the, the gospel, the Bible, the stories, the subjects, all that, to where we live today. So that it's not just a fanciful, out there, theological message. I want to bring a message to where this is where we live and this is how it applies. I'm going to try to do that today because this is a very critical subject of what's going on in our world around us. And, and there's a lot going on in, when it re, in regard to gender, in regard to roles, in regard to positions, and, and all those things. It's happening all around us. And so... I want to bring this down to where we live today. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And it says, And and God said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created everything. Man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the face of the earth. Father, I ask God that you will teach us something today. Inspire us, embolden us, uh, impassion us as men. And Lord, I pray that you'll lead us and help us to be better at being a father and at being a man. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We live in a world today where they have effectively made us defensive and ashamed of being male. In a lot of cases, they have ridiculed and belittled and and reviled because we happen to be born male. And I am first to say that the tables were the other way around for many centuries. And that wasn't right either. There was nothing good about uh, the many, many years and decades and millennia where some countries would kill a baby because it was born female. That's not right either. But what's happening now, it kind of reminds me of the, the race thing that one particular race was treated really badly, so now they've swung the pendulum to the other direction to try to compensate. And I say equality is all races equal. It doesn't matter what color you are. And it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, your value is the same. You have different roles. You have a different position. My wife has a a Ford Escape. I have an F-350 Super Duty truck. They don't have the same functions. And, you know, the price tag may be different on them, but in a sense, there's no different value. And just using it for an example case, uh, actually, she paid more for her escape than I paid for my truck. But either way, <laughs> you can take two vehicles and have them at the exact same price point. You can have them at the exact same value, but they're built for different things. 
You put my 10,000-pound bulldozer on my 3,000-pound trailer behind her escape, it's going to be an interesting day. It's not going to go anywhere. It's probably going to fall right in the ground. It's designed differently. It has a different purpose. Men and women were designed for a different purpose. It does not... And this is where man has struggled down through the centuries. They've thought, well, men are bigger, stronger, and, and such, so they have more value. They don't. But now we've gotten to the point where we have tried to compensate that, for that as a society to the degree that it is now becoming a, a, a bad thing to be male. Anything we say today that is in favor of a man is often taken as a direct insult against a woman. That's not the case. And even not too long ago, I preached a message on on things that are happening in, in modern society in regard to women and the way that women are desiring to come out of the workplace and get back into the home. And I talked about some of the the dynamics of what was going on there. I had somebody jump me right after church. Well, what about the men? I'd like to know what they're saying about them. That's the natural reaction today. Well, you said something in favor of a man. You forgot to say something about the women. <laughs> it shouldn't be that way. It, it shouldn't be that. We shouldn't carry it that, that way. Men are a good thing. Amen. We're really not bad. God created us and He said, this is good. Then he created woman and he said, this is better. No, I... (laughs) We are made in the image and likeness of God. That's a good thing. And I want you to realize in the Garden of Eden, God created man. Ladies, you weren't around yet. He just created man. At that point, what what was man? He was strong. He was in dominion over all things. He actually named all of the animals. Uh, He had all that. He had dominion over everything. God did not create woman to diminish that in the man. That should have never changed. He created woman to help him in that, to be a helper. Now that just crawls all over modern ladies today, doesn't it? (laughs) I'm not created to be a helper. You are. I'm sorry. (laughs) Either they're right or God's right. I'm just going to put it there. (laughs) The war on men has started a while ago. You remember way back, for us really, really old folk, you remember some of them shows like Leave it to Beaver? Remember that? Those ancient ancient people remember them. Uh, My Three Sons, different things like that. You remember the men were, were men. They were in charge. They went out and they took took care of their family, they provided, they came home, they took care of the family, they took care of the kids, they showed the boys how to, how to act like men and all that. And do you see that anymore? Oh my goodness. And this happened a long time ago, because we also grew up with Fred and Barney. Dumbest toasters. The only ones in the home that had any kind of sense were the women. And that started to have an effect, because now that's pretty much everything that we see on television. Every... Action movie, you have a woman who's whipping every guy. You have a situation where it's either a child or a woman that gets them out of trouble almost every time. That's the way movies and TV are designed. I was, watching, I was listening to uh, uh, news radio when my wife's not around because she won't let me listen to it when she's there. But when I, was, <laughs> I didn't have her around, I listened to news radio. And I was mentally thinking about the commercials that were coming on. 
there was a commercial that came on uh, about some home improvement. What was that thing called? Uh, trying to think. Uh, I can't think of it now. Home doctor or something like that. But anyway, it started out with a man and a woman talking, and, and she's like, what's the problem? And he said, I'm trying to find somebody to come fix this in the house. And she said, oh, haven't you thought of this? And she explains him, to him how to get it done. Pretty soon another commercial comes on, and the man is like, oh, I'm trying to figure out how to get blinds for the house. And the wife steps in and explains how it's supposed to be done, tells him exactly how to take care of it. And then a little while later, there's a commercial about identity theft, and the man is completely lost, and the woman steps in and explains how you take care of identity theft. And every single commercial I listened to was that. You ladies getting irritated at me yet? No. Oh, okay. This is the way it has become. We, we are afraid. Have you watched whenever there's a, uh, any kind of a contest or TV show where there's a boy against a girl? The girl always wins. Always. In every situation. Our society has, has created that idea that we must put the woman in a position over the man. We must take him down. And it's had an effect. I just flew across the country, sitting there in the airport, which is more entertaining than any movie. Just sit in an airport and watch people go by. But one thing that struck me as I was sitting there, because, you know, I'm an old guy and I've been in airports for a long time. I, it struck me the difference in the way people look now than the way that they did 30 or 40 years ago. And that's, there was so many, and I don't even know how to mention them other than girly, girl, girly guys, just soft guys wearing soft clothes. And you listen to them talk, and they're like, yeah, and then, you know, we're, we're going to go down and we're going to go to our knitting contest. I don't know. <laughs> this is the way people talk now. Men are soft and they're sissified. Is this appropriate for church? I hope so, because I'm trying to bring this down to where we are in the world today. God did not create men that way. He did not create... Do you remember the days when they walked down the sidewalk and the man walked next to the road and the woman walked next to to him? Men don't even think about that anymore. Do you remember the days when men opened the door for their ladies? Do you remember the days when the man would jump in front of the charging dog? You know, whatever it is, our culture has lost that. And I believe that that's God instilled that man's position is to protect his home. Every man should be able to stand up and say, if anything comes against my wife or my kids, it's going to have to come through me first. I will stand there and I will fight them until the death to protect those in my home. Isn't that what Ephesians says? The man shall lay down his life for his, his mate, his wife? Isn't that what Scripture tells us? And so it, it's, I, I think it's a very planned, it's a very orchestrated thing to diminish the maleship, the manhood in our society. Not too long ago, there was a, some headlines that came, came on the news about um, universities that are teaching against aggressive masculinity. They're actually teaching courses to our kids in college to, to make men, make males quit being so aggressive. There's something wrong there. Men are supposed to be aggressive. You know, we're the ones that go out there and wrestle the bulls and go shoot the deer and do, you know, all that. 
There's something, it's okay to be John Wayne. I'm okay with that. You know, I'm all right with that. We've softened men in a, in a column entitled, Men Who, Who Needs Them. This came out in the New York Times. This article is entitled, Men Who Needs Them. The writer said, if all the men on the earth died tonight, the species could continue on frozen sperm. But if women disappear, it's extinction. This is written in the New York Times. This is where our society is going in relation to manhood. Maureen Dowd of the New York Times said, Men are so last century. Different column, different article. They seem to have stopped evolving, sulking like Achilles in his tent. The mahogany-paneled Cleland scotch and rum and madman world is disappearing as they struggle to figure out the altered parameters of manliness and resist becoming house dudes. She ended her statement with a quote from comedian uh, Sarah Silverman. She's a top-notch person. She said, Dear man, just because we don't need you anymore doesn't mean we don't, lo- we don't want you. Love forever, women. This is the way the American culture is viewing manhood. And that is bad. And, and, and when you read something like that, you would think it would be in some weird fringe magazine or some, something. But this is, we're talking New York Times that are putting this kind of... The, spin on it. And so men, our boys, we think they don't even stand a chance. They go to school and they're taught by women. Predominantly, there are very few male teachers. And they're taught this kind of philosophy starting from the very early age. And then they get to college and they're taught to quit being aggressive men. I often see the the arguments about spanking children. They say, well, if you spank kids, they tend to be more aggressive. And it hit me one day. I thought, what's wrong with that? What is wrong with being aggressive? That's where our military comes from, our police, our fire, these people that go out there and run into burning buildings and and go out and protect our land. That's where they come from is aggression. That's the ones who start businesses and run industries and do that. What's wrong with being aggressive? Why are we afraid to have aggressive children? You let those two monkeys right there loose, they will tear your house down in an hour. It's okay. You know, you train aggression in the right way, and it's not a bad thing. Unrestrained aggression is a terrible thing. But you teach them, you train them. So men have fallen into a couple categories. They're afraid to be masculine, and I think that's a lot of it. They're afraid if you start to be masculine, you're going to get clobbered. They're going to come against you on every, every front. How dare you act like that? How dare you stand up and take, you can't tell me what to do. You can't, you can't push yourself. You're just a control freak. Nowadays, any man that tries to take any kind of leadership in the home is considered a control freak. The other side is the guys who don't even know how to be masculine anymore because we've lost it. Their dads were sissies, <laughs> and that's all they knew. And so that softness has gotten into our culture, and I think it's a bad thing. I heard Loran Livingston preach a message several years ago on the feminizing of the American church, and it was, it's, I still like to go back and listen to that message because it's so true. Is there something wrong with females? Absolutely not. 
There is something wrong when men begin to act like females. There's a problem there. But nowadays you don't have to worry because you can choose your gender, whichever you choose to be today. What is wrong with these people? So nowadays we have men's purses. Men just loving pink. I'm sorry, I'm old-fashioned. I just don't wear pink. I don't do pink. And I feel, oh, well, people are confident in their, in their sexuality. No, I just don't do pink. Ugh. Men wearing makeup. You know that's a thing now? Men wearing makeup is a thing. They do that. And then when you see on TV they have some march for feminism when they put on really weird hats that are inappropriate, what do you see in the crowd with them? A bunch of men. What? We are losing the men in our culture. We're forgetting what God created men to be. He never created a man to be a sissy. That's just terrible to say, isn't it? (coughs) And so, what is hero now has been changed. You remember what a hero was when we were kids? Man, that was John Wayne. That was somebody out there fighting in World War II. They were heroes. They were cowboys and and Indians and all that. It it all had to do with macho when we were kids. Now what's a hero? A homosexual. A transgender. Those are heroes. They're considered heroes. Bruce Jenner is a hero. What? What? But I remember when Michael Jackson died and they had this big segment on the news talking about how heroic he was. What? Michael Jackson? What heroic thing has that man ever done? And I use the term man very loosely there. We have changed the definition of what our boys are supposed to look up to. We need to go back to being being strong heroes, having strong heroes. We're trying to change that whole philosophy, that whole way of thinking. And it's crept into the church. And it should have never crept into the church. We've allowed that thinking to come into the church in America to where the American church is becoming softer and softer and softer. How do people in the church view Jesus and the disciples? (coughs) Excuse me. There are a bunch of long-haired guys who just hung out and just loved everybody, soft. Oh, we just love you. If you say anything, any kind of direct thing, if, you're, if, you, if, you're, if you hold anybody accountable, anything like that, they'll throw that, you're supposed to be treating me in love. You're supposed to be showing love right now. That's not showing love. You know what? I yelled at those two a couple of times this week when they were doing something they weren't supposed to do. I, I was a little harsh on them. I was a little firm on them. And you know what? I would die for them. I love them enough to be stern, to be firm with them. My daughter was talking to me the other day, and she was like, you know, I, I wish I was as calm as you when, when you were raising me. She said, I only remember the one time you ever really yelled at me. And she said, I still think about that all the time. I remember that time that you yelled at me. I'm not one that really yells. I might get firm. I just don't yell. And uh, she remembers that. But she had stepped way over the line. And, <laughs> and I went to school and pulled her out of school. And my son said, when they called Trisha's name and not mine, I was thinking, wow, she's in serious trouble. <laughs> that kid got pulled out of school for that infraction. 
But you know, sometimes love is harsh, is stern, is firm. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not always soft. What we need in the church is men. We need men who fit that that mold in in the New Testament and where in Timothy where it talks about men being the, the husband of one wife, being sober, being vigilant, all those things that it tells them to do. We need men like that. We need Joshua's who will stand up and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Do you see him do it being democratic there? Nope. Going to his wife and saying, is it all right with you? I know I didn't take time to discuss this with you, but is it all right if we serve the Lord? No. And I believe that that's what God holds every man accountable to do by standing up and saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's not open to discussion. It's not open to argument. It's not open to a vote. We need Joshua's who will stand up and say, this is a home that I have been put in charge of and we're going to serve God. We need Jacob's. You remember when Esau was coming to wipe them out, you know what Jacob did? He said, I'll stand up here, take the women and children and go back there. Put them, on, put them in the back. Keep them safe. I will face the adversary. That's what we need. We need Jacob who so will stand up and say, I will do anything to protect my family. I will do anything that it takes to shield them. The enemy will not come against my family unless he comes through me first. We need some of that. I was thinking of a video that I saw not too long ago. It was one of those things that came kind of a viral thing because a couple of bad guys came in the house. And some of you might have seen that. And there was a man and a woman in the house. Guess who came out shooting? The woman. Serious. The woman comes out of the bedroom shooting at the bad guys while the man's still cowering in the bedroom. I I was like, people were saying, oh, she was so heroic. This is wonderful. And I was thinking, what are you doing, dude? What is wrong with you? You're really going to let your wife go out and save the day? What's wrong with that picture? Oh my goodness. <laughs> we, need, we need Abrahams who, who are leaders to the point that their wife will gladly follow them into some strange land. where Leave everything that she has and follow him. We need, a, we need men like that who women are happy to follow them. We need Pauls who can say, follow me as I follow Christ. A very powerful statement for any man to say. We need people like Adam. We don't need people like Adam, who the Bible says, because thou hearkened unto thy wife. Now, let me clarify. If you're a smart man, you're going to listen to your lady. Because she sees a lot of things you don't see, and she sees, sees things in a broader picture than you do. You know how men are. We get focused. We're going from here to there. And we're going to get there the quickest way possible. It's the wife who says, do you realize this? Have you, have you thought about that? Let me, let me bring a little bit more perspective into it. And a wise man will listen to that. But when a wife is trying to tell you to do the wrong thing, we need men who will stand up and say, no, I'm leading this family in the right way. God held Adam accountable right there in Genesis when he said, because you listened to your wife when you should have been leading your wife. And we're all in trouble because of that. And I'm pretty sure there's a big long line of people that are going to want to talk to Adam and Eve about this mess that they've left for us. 
pretty sure we don't need Nabals who are so foolish that his, that his wife had to run out and meet King David and talk him out of wiping him out. We don't need fools like that. We don't need Samsons who fail to stand up to a manipulative wife and got himself in all kinds of trouble. We don't need Ahabs who turned his face to the wall and cried like a little baby while his wife took over. We don't need that. We need men. We need men, as Paul spoke of, who are examples. Examples. You know what the worst thing is, is sometimes is when children act just like their dads. And I deal with it all the time, and it still blows my mind how parents will, will look at me with a straight face and say, I don't understand why they act like that. And I'm thinking, because you do, you dummy. <laughs> They're acting just like you. How, why do you not get that? It seems logical to me. God formed this unit of the home. The man is the leader. The woman is the supporter. That is God-given, God-planned, God-ordained. The world hates that. The church in America is beginning to hate that. We have things like the mutual submission doctrine that has come around, that's been around for a couple of decades now. There's nothing in Scripture to support it. Nowhere in the Bible did God say the man and the woman in the home are on equal footing in leadership. It does not say equal submission. That's not there, but that's a very popular teaching within the church nowadays. God, I'll say again, never called a man to be a wimp. Throughout the Bible, the men protected and they led. That's what they're supposed to do. The men who did not protect and who did not lead got in trouble. God has called them to do that. God has called us to, to be these men because... The world needs them. One thing that excites me in watching my, my daughter raise and son-in-law raise all these kids, and, and four of them are boys, one of them is a girl, that poor thing. Uh, I, I really shouldn't feel sorry for her because she's a girl, and she's uh, second to the youngest, but she's a redhead, so she can handle herself pretty well against all the rest of them. She does pretty good. But one thing that excites me is I watch them instill biblical values into those kids. And you know why that excites me? Is because the world needs that. The world doesn't realize how much they need us, but they desperately need us. As the world, I'm wondering who is going to be in our military in the next decade or so? Who is actually going to be fighting for this country anymore? There is not much to choose from. And that's a scary thought. The world needs men again. They need men of conviction. They need men who can make a decision. Guys, make a decision. That dawned on me one time, you know, we were in North Carolina when I was exiled down there. And, and we'd go through this routine usually on Sundays. Where do you want to eat? I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. And we would argue back and forth. I don't care. I don't care. So I got the family together one day, and I said, this is how it's going to be, folks. I'm going to ask you where you want to eat. And if you don't make a decision, I will. That was funny. I, I, that was hilarious, because I did that the first Sunday, and that's what I got from the backseat. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. The wife said, I don't care. I said, okay, we're going to Chinese. No, I don't want to go there. I said, too late. We're going to eat Chinese. 
Believe me, they gave suggestions after that. They had, they had something to offer after that. Make a decision. Men of mor- moral fiber. We need men of moral fiber. It is becoming harder and harder to find police officers in this country because of this. Do you realize that some police departments are having to lower their standards on drugs, drug use now, just to find applicants that can pass the test? Was that God or Dell? I'm not sure what. <laughs> the standard is starting to come down within law enforcement. We had the highest standards. If you ever smoked dope, you had to tell them when and how much. And you couldn't, have, you couldn't be a police officer if you've smoked dope at all within five-year period in most departments. Some were longer than that. Now they're having to backpedal on that and other drug use. Now they're changing uniform standards. We have cops on the streets wearing Muslim things on their heads because they're trying to find applicants. There's not people to actually apply that can pass. When I went through the police academy... Every single one in my class passed. The national average at that time was 3% dropout rate. Now it's 45%. Don't even make it through the police process anymore. This is why I say America needs men. Men of moral fiber. Men of integrity. Men of purpose. Men full of the Spirit of God. They need us, folks. And I give you this message today because we need to be reminded and often what it is is to be a man because it's easy to fall into that sissified way of of doing things, that soft way. It's easy to lose sight on the fact that it's okay that you're a man. It's all right to be forceful, to be aggressive. I'm not talking about being harsh, mean, and vicious. I'm talking about being strong. It's okay to be strong. You treat your wife like a queen. You should. But you lay down your life to protect her, to shield her and the family. Man is made in the image of God. He should be able to, we should be able to see God in him. We should be able to see God in you. God is not soft. He was strong. He still is. He says, in my, if you're going to be one of my kids, you're going to follow these rules. And I will enforce those rules. God is not a soft God. The world and even the modern church has turned God into a soft God. He's not a soft God. He's a strong God. And we should be able to follow any man who claims to be a child of God. We should be able to follow him right into eternity. And do that with confidence. That's what God has called us to do. I say this today to challenge every man here. And all the ladies that are mad at me, men, pray for me, because I'll probably hear from them (laughs) later on. (laughs) We need these men. We need men of God today. We desperately need them. Would you stand with me? And I'm going to ask all the ladies who are still speaking to me to reach out and put your hands on, on a man near you and just pray for them. Pray for one another. Pray for one another. It doesn't matter if they're a father or not. Pray for them. Come here, boys. One day. Jacob wants to get married already. Come here. Oh, you want to be a dad. That was it. Yeah. Hmm.
Father, I hold up to you every, every man in this place. souls of men. Raise them up. Give them courage. As Paul prayed and begged for boldness, God, I pray for boldness in the men in this church today, every one of them. I pray for every young child, boy here. Lord, right where they're at now, whether they're six or seven years old or 16 or 17 or between, I pray for them, God. I pray to grow up to be men of God, men of courage, men of integrity, men of conviction. Lord, I pray for them now. I pray, Father, that you will show them truth and help them stand on truth. I pray that they will find ladies who will gladly follow them into the kingdom of God. I pray, Father, I ask for these men to to have boldness beyond anything they've ever had before and not be afraid and not be intimidated to be men. And I praise you and thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen.